Hi, and welcome to Fussifern Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, and it will both challenge and inspire you. So right now, tonight, why don't we just uh, turn to Matthew chapter 8. Um, we're going to read from verses 1 to 4 from the New King James Version. So when he had come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So allow me just a moment to put things in perspective from the time and the place we're actually reading from. Um, a place when there was only, a time when there was only one thing worse than a leper and that was a dead body. Um, both were unclean, both were not to be touched and both had extensive requirements for cleansing after you'd been with a dead body or with a leper. So nobody wanted all that process. Nobody wanted to go through all of that. So they, they stayed clear of, of anything that looked like leprosy. And of course, the people, the lepers themselves. Um, leprosy is a virus and it attacks the nerves. So there's, there's a loss of uh, feeling and there's also a loss of control. So fingers, toes, hands, feet, um, they actually curl up and, and, and they do begin to lose flesh, but it's only because the person who has it can't feel the pain. And the pain is a warning that something's wrong and, and you need to protect yourself. But these people can't feel it. So a lot of time you'll see a, a person who's with lep got leprosy and, and you'll see them with stubbed feet or, or even um, stubs on the ends of their legs. And it's because they've been infected and they drag their foot and they literally wear it away. It's, it's a horrible, horrible disease. And so um, under the law of the day we're talking about, the scriptures from we've read, it was compulsory for a leper to keep at least two meters away from anybody else. And if it was a windy day, they had to even be further away. And, and if it was a really windy day, they had to be 150 to 200 meters away from it and of course they're excluded from all society and most lepers the history tells us actually had to live outside of town away from the population so leprosy back in those days was actually seen as a judgment of God right you only had leprosy because God found you guilty over something and because of that you didn't deserve um, help mercy Kindness. It, it was like people would look upon you and say, well, you're suffering and you probably deserve it. So, um, you know, what kind of help can I give you? And, and I don't want to get too close to you anyway because the requirements for cleansing is too horrendous. So uh, the only thing that the leper was certain of and guaranteed was uh, no hope because back then uh, there was no treatment. Um, there was certainly no care, and, but you was guaranteed lots of isolation. 
because people would stay away from you and you yourself were supposed to warn others that you were around but you were responsible for keeping the distance as well. But in this case, I want you to notice that the leper came and worshipped Jesus. Against all convention, he, he came to Jesus and he literally worshipped him. Uh, Matthew 8 verse 2, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the word lit worship there literally means to fall down or lay prostrate before in adoration. So, so this leper, knowing what was required of him, broke all the rules and regulations and, and came in and literally fell on his face before Jesus and, and worshipped him. A extraordinary set of events right there, which speaks, starts to speak volumes from a person who in that day would expect no help I mean, there was no treatment for this. There was no help for this. There was no nursing for this. It was, you're out, you're away, you're separated. And yet here he is, he's coming in and, and he's worshipping Jesus. In fact, um, if we listen to his words, he said, Lord, if you're willing. That word Lord, interestingly, in, in that context right there, is the first time it's used about Jesus in the Gospels. And it literally means uh, master or owner. So he saw something about Jesus that he knew in his heart that this is my master, this is the master. He's the owner, which suggests that he saw something of God in him as creator. And, and it, it just, I suppose, caused him to arise and go against all requirements and literally fall on his face and worship Jesus. Um, first time that word was used in the Gospels pertaining to Jesus. Lord, he called him. Uh, and then he says, this is the interesting part. Then he says, if you are willing. I, it's fascinating. It, it reveals that he actually had no doubt about Jesus' ability and power, authority to heal him. But he, but he uses the words and very humbly and, and probably very uh, gently. It's like he's just encroaching a little bit, not wanting to impose. And, and, and he's made a declaration, I know, I know, you can heal me. You, you are the Lord. You have the power and authority to do this. I, I have no doubt about that. But if you're willing, I mean, the man in his desperation, he knows there's no hope for him because there's no treatment for this. There's no care for him because he's got to be away. And it's seen as the judgment of God. So... Uh, everybody else and, and maybe even himself thinks that he deserves this and perhaps that's why he said if you're willing um, I, I find it an incredible statement of faith an incredible faith statement an act not just the statement but literally an act there and of course the thing is that Jesus always responds to faith one way or another there's no doubt about it, it, it any kind of faith he'll respond to it N now the way he responds is, is, is different in each case, in each scenario, because there's other things that God's got as priorities for us in our lives, in, in certain situations and circumstances, but, but there's no doubt Jesus always responds to faith. So here we are. This man has demonstrated incredible faith, and Jesus responds to that immediately. Um, but it's the next bit. I, I've laid that all down as 
a bit of a background, but it's the next bit that had me a little bit confused. Okay? Because in Matthew 4, 8, Matthew 8, 4, it reads, And Jesus said to him, See that you tell nobody, no one, but go your way and show yourselves to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And I'm going, okay, here's the truth. When he was first diagnosed with leprosy, it was probably the Pharisees. It was probably the religious leaders of the day, the men of religious influence that declared this man leprous. It was probably those that instigated his um, isolation, his exclusion, him distancing himself, him being separate from society of the day. It was probably them that not only uh, instigated it, but actually enforced it. In fact, um, historians tell us that in these days, the Pharisees and the religious leaders would actually boast about their treatment of, of lepers. And it's recorded in many of the historians how they would boast, for example, I saw a leper coming and he was like 200 meters away and, and immediately I just ignored him and moved to a completely different route. I read one where it said, they were actually boasting of their treatment towards them. How from a distance they would curse them and stone them. And it was like an act that they were proud of. And, and such was this ignorant, zealous attitude towards these lepers. Where, where they, they thought, because this is the judgment of God, he deserves this and I'll, I'll please God by thrusting judgment upon him. And so it, it was really horrible. But now we get to this place where Jesus has just cleansed him. He's just been healed. He's, his life has just been fully returned to him, restored. And, and he said, now I want you to go. I want you to go and tell the religious leaders. I want you to go tell the priests. I want you to show them. And, and I want you to give the appropriate sacrifice, offering. And, and there was all different levels of uh, and I don't want to go into that tonight, but there was different levels for how wealthy you were to the very poor. It could be a couple of pigeons or something that would be sacrificed. But the deal is, um, Jesus is telling him to go back to these guys who first diagnosed you, who first condemned you, who first um, chased you out of town, who first put these horrible conditions on, who, who were the first ones to show you no help, no mercy, no kindness, and, and just actually went over the top in treating you, go back to them and let them know. And I'm, I'm going, this just, uh, this just doesn't seem so right and so fair. But I, I got the understanding that, um, that Jesus wasn't finished in his healing of this man. Now, now remember, um, it was this authority, this leadership that had uh, been diagnosed and confirmed by the religious leaders of the day. It, it was those guys um, that made him an outcast. It was those guys that um, undid his life, as it were, and, and exiled him. And, and yet Jesus is doing a little bit extra here, I think. I, I think what he's doing is he's, he's making sure that the healing is complete. He's, he's making sure there won't be any accusations against him. 
He, he's in doing, undoing the isolation. He, he's undoing the curse. He's, uh, he's undoing the judgment that had come upon him by fulfilling the legal requirements of the law to the law keepers. He said, I want you to go. I want you to show them that there is no leprosy. You've been completely cleansed. But I want you to show them and I want you to make sure that you now offer the right kind of sacrifice, the appropriate sacrifice, as required by the law, and it's found in Leviticus, if you want to know. But I want you to do this properly. For, for me, I'm starting to see that, that Jesus is just making sure that his restoration is complete. Because, you know, it's all right for him saying, going around saying, but he's going to still be cast as an outcast. He's going to, he's going to be found guilty. He's going to be judged. Uh, and yet Jesus said, now go back and let's do this properly. Let's undo this properly. So within the confines of the law, they have no grounds to isolate or to separate you ever again. And I'm, I'm going, when Jesus starts to do a work of transformation, he does it thoroughly. He does it completely. And, and sometimes it's not just the work of, of the physical healing, on the body, uh, you know, ending that virus and healing the body and, and, you know, making the skin alive again and the nerves work again and alive and just... It's also the emotional. It's also the spirit. Jesus, when he starts a work of transformation, he does it thoroughly. And, and sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we jump the gun a bit because... We've experienced something in God and we think, but I want to tell us tonight that when God starts moving and, and it, the evidence of transformation is, is clear and obvious to all, he's only just begun because there's more work he's going to do. And so tonight from this passage, I want to encourage us. I want to, here's the lesson for us, if you like, for tonight. Uh, in Jesus no one is ever cut off. No one is ever isolated. No one is ever separated. No one is ever excluded. When we come to Jesus, as this man did, humbly worshipping before him and, and, and moves in faith, Jesus responds, and he's not only about healing physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Jesus doesn't leave anybody excluded. And, and that's what I get from this. And I think this is the lesson for us tonight. Um, I want to take you to another passage now. And it might seem completely different. But listen to it carefully. And it's about Peter's conversion. Well, not Peter's conversion. Peter's calling uh, to not just the church, but to the heathen, to the uncircumcised, to those who aren't Jewish. Okay, This is the start of the process. So... I'm turning to Acts 10 and I want to read this 9 to 16 because I want you to see the thoroughness of this. The next day, as they went on their journey, they drew near the city. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and he wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven opened. And an object like a giant sheet bound at the four corners descended to him and, and, let down to, and let down to the earth. 
In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creepy things, birds of the air. And a voice came to Peter, uh, came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the, vo the voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, here's the thing. Remember, that's about Peter being sent to the heathen, to the uh, uncircumcised, to those who weren't gen uh, the Gentiles, those who weren't Jewish. And, and he's, he's being shown an incredible picture where he would have kept this requirement of the law his whole life in his eating practices. And, and yet, here we're saying, God's opening the door now. God's changing his mindset. God's helping him to see more clearly. And the reason why I think this is important is because in our experience, in Jane and Zion's we've been to places where people are excluded because of some problems in the past, because of mistakes in the past, because of uh, probably uh, different views at times, different cultures, but we've been to those places where people are excluded. People who love God and people who've got a calling on their life, people who've got skills, gifts, abilities that the church desperately needs, and yet we've been to those places where they've been excluded because of mistakes, because of different cultures. And, and, it, and it's incredibly sad. And it's also incredibly frustrating to deal with. Um, because you have to be gentle and you have, because we're not part of it, you can't just go in and start changing. You've you got to work through the correct avenues. Anyway, what's even worse, what's even sadder and even more frustrating is when people exclude themselves. You know, hopefully you can address some issues when it's others and, and if you can't change the others who have the influence, and ex at least you can minister to the person. But when they've excluded themselves, it's very hard to minister to them. It's, it's very challenging to minister to someone who, either through low self-esteem, guilt or shame, because of some terrible mistakes, they've excluded themselves because they feel unworthy or unclean, right? But here's the picture of the letter of the leper, how Jesus come and he said, no one's going to be excluded. And he took away the thing that enforced his exclusion. But now we've got Peter, the other side of this, we've got Peter saying, and, and because of his passion, his zeal, his upbringing, his culture, he said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to touch anything unclean. And then God says to him, hey, don't call anything that I've cleansed unclean anymore. Why am I saying that? Well, if you have excluded yourself, you're actually going against the Word of God. You're actually contradicting the Word of God. How dare you say, how dare you call anything that God's cleansed unclean? You, if you know Lord Jesus, if you're in relationship with the Father, then by His Spirit you've been cleansed and there's a work of transformation going on but how many people because of shame or guilt 
resist that and exclude themselves, isolate themselves from the things of God. Where God says very strongly to Peter here, and he says to us, how dare you? I reckon because he's such a loving, caring father, he would come and cuddle us and heal us and, and just slowly love us back into health. Uh, but I want to take the view like he's speaking and dealing with Peter right now. I reckon there's sometimes when he would actually say, how dare you isolate yourself, exclude yourself, hide yourself, when I have made you such a wonderful, such a glorious person. How dare you hide what I've done? How dare you dare to call yourself unclean or unworthy when I have cleansed you, when my son has, has proven the price or the value that I have for you. I hope you're getting this. I hope I'm, I'm putting the right words together to paint this picture. Uh, because while it is difficult dealing with people who exclude because of either mistakes of the past or different cultural understandings, um, the truth is it is so difficult to minister to those who have excluded themselves. And I suppose tonight I just want to reinforce not just remind, but reinforce as strongly as I can that when God cleanses, when God cleanses, he does it thoroughly and complete. We, we can't allow the past. We, we can't allow the mistakes. We, we can't allow the cultural stuff. Uh, and a lot of it is based on Bible, but it's, a, it's an erroneous use of the scriptures when we, when we don't deal with the the core of the Word of God, the intention of the Word of God. How dare we do that? But let me just remind you that God cleanses. And when he, when he does, he does a thorough job. And he doesn't just heal. He just doesn't, you know, um, make you feel better about it. No, no, he goes thorough and, and he makes a way for you. He opens doors for you. And, and he himself... This is the definition of forgiveness. When God chooses to forgive, he forgives and he acts, he acts like you've never sinned in the first place. Right? He, he's aware of it. Of course, he can't forget anything. He doesn't forget. He's, he's not a, a forgetful old man. He, he is the eternal, the never changing. He, he is the omnipresent. He, he is the omniscient. He is the sovereign God. So he, he can't forget, but he chooses not to remember. And when he forgives, he looks at us. And, when he, and literally when he looks at us, to him we look like the Lord Jesus, the only one who, have, who never sinned, by the way. When he looks at us, that's the way the Father chooses to look at us. He does a thorough job, not just bringing healing, but, but transforming and changing minds and opening doors and reconnecting and making a way, not only in our society, but in our life into the kingdom of God. Can we just bow our heads in prayer right now? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've lavished such love upon us, oh God. Thank you for the great blessing and the reminder tonight of how thorough your work is, that you have a heart a heart to heal, to make whole. And Lord, as you told this man, 
You are willing. You are most surely willing, O oh God. And you're doing wonderful things because you have a great heart for each and every one. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll help us, that we will be able to position ourselves to receive such healing. Lord, that your spirit will continue to remind us that this work of transformation can continue and increase and be complete and thorough, oh God, in every area of our lives. I pray for those who are feeling excluded. Some people right now feel excluded because of the mistakes of the past, because of different cultures, because of different understandings. Lord, and, and I pray for them that, Lord, you will give them the strength to continue to stand, that they will position themselves in your calling, in your destiny, in your place, that they will know that they're the planting of the Lord. But I also pray, oh God, for those who've excluded themselves, that by your spirit right now, Lord, they will, they will begin to feel your love, your acceptance. They would be able to recognize the thoroughness of your work. And, and Lord, you desire not just to heal, but to completely transform and, and help them to become the people they were destined to become, the people you designed them to be. Lord, so break the power of every lie. Let the power of guilt or shame, embarrassment, let it be broken. Let any influence, um, any change of wrong teaching, erroneous thinking, oh God, that will limit our uh, progression, let that also be broken right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you in this moment, and whether it's right now or when we're connected on the screen, oh God, that in this moment, we'll find ourselves in this moment where the Spirit of God right now will continue that work of transformation, that the healing will continue and become thorough and complete, that we can take our place in your body, the bride of Christ, working in the kingdom together. Oh, Lord, Lord, right now, and if there's anybody here or watching this message, that needs to sit and talk, that needs explanation, that needs contact, that needs prayer, I pray you'll give them the courage to make that call, to, to connect, oh God, to sit down and, and to realise the power and the wonder of the love of God and his willingness, the willing, his willingness, oh God, to touch and to completely cleanse and to heal and restore. Let them know that this is your desire. So break the power of anything that would hold them back. And Lord, we will give you all the praise and all the glory. And, and Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your blessing, your protection, and your provision. And in this day, oh God, where so many are struggling with COVID and, and the effects of that, I pray your healing power to flow right now for any that might be in, in discomfort or even pain, wh whose, whose life is being literally wasted uh, as they're confined to their house, those, oh God, who have more serious consequences, I pray that your spirit would move through this connection. Flow, Holy Spirit, right now to each and every one connected to us, our loved ones that might be struggling right now, bringing relief, bringing refreshing and renewal. 
bring you strength and health. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for watching. Uh, thank you for your patience as we experiment with different uh, ways of doing this. Uh, we hope to get better and more thorough in what we're doing. So just hang on and bear with us. I do want to invite all our church members, the people connected to this church, if you can possibly make it, please be here next Sunday morning, which is going to be... <coughs> pray for me. Which is going to be uh, a, one of those significant moments in the life of this church. Uh, so n that's Sunday the 10th, next week, in the morning service, 9 o'clock. God bless you. Thanks for being with us tonight. Hope you have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at firstfamchristianchurch.com.